It might not surprise you that Jesus had a lot to say about love, but it might surprise you that he told us that it was the most important thing for us to do. Today, why every Christian should prioritize love. Hi, this is Robert Furl, and welcome to Hot Topics. If you'd like to help us get these videos out, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Jesus was approached by a lawyer that asked him what was the greatest of the laws or the greatest commandment, which is just the kind of a question that you would get from a lawyer. Jesus's response was that there are two of them. The first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commands. And then he went on to say that in these two commands, you keep all of the laws and the prophets. Sometimes we get the idea that what God cares most about in our lives is the mistakes that we're making or the things that we might struggle with. But the real truth is what God cares most about is the way that we treat people and that we are interacting with one another in love. So today I wanna to look at five different passages that tell us some unique things about about love. First is John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now this tells us that if we love God, that we are going to reflect that love by loving people around us. And if we don't have love in our lives, that that is a sign that we don't really know him. That's how important love is for each one of us, that we know that we know him by the love that we have. The second is John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He said that twice. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is one of the keys, not only to our relationship with God and knowing that we are walking with him, but also in evangelism, that when we love one another, when we're walking in love, it's a sign that we are really his disciples. It's interesting, someone out in the world would walk into the church and not know what theologically would make someone a Christian or not, but they would be able to look around and see the love that we have for one another, and that would be a sign to them that we are truly his disciples. The third comes from Galatians 5.22, and it's about the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and that's the, the high priority. When we have the Spirit of God in our lives, when we have things right with God, when we're walking the way that we're supposed to the people around us, then the fruit in our life is going to be love. It goes on to say, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control which some have argued are all aspects of love. That if you are loving, then you're gonna have joy in your life. You're gonna have peace in your life. You're gonna be patient and so on. So we see from this verse that not only do others know that we are disciples by the love that we have, but we can identify the fruit that is in our lives. And if we're bringing negative fruit, then that's a sign that we are not walking in love. The fourth comes from 1 Peter 4.8, which says, above all things have fervent love for one another. What a statement. 
above all things. It is what God wants for you to do first of all. In fact, I believe that if we're walking in love towards God, if we're walking in love towards one another, that it will direct our conduct, that whatever we've got going on will be corrected because of that love. Listen to it again. Above all things, have a fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Because we walk in love doesn't mean that we're gonna be perfect, but because we're walking in love, it will cover a multitude of sins. There can be offenses, there can be things that are said that are wrong, but real love will be forgiving. Real love will be restoring. Real love will not hold things against people. The fifth passage that we would go to is the one you would expect us to, and that's 1 Corinthians 13, what we call the love chapter. The first thing that it does is tell us the importance of love. And we should also realize that this is the word agape. In the Greek, there are four words for love. In English, we have one word for love. I would say, I love burritos and I love my wife. Hopefully, I love my wife in a different way than I love burritos. But in the Greek, you would say, I eros my wife, which is a romantic love. I sturge my family, which is a love for family members. I phileo my friend, which is that friendship, a, a fondness kind of love. And agape is that unconditional love that we choose to love despite how we feel, despite what's going on, we choose this kind of love. And here's what the Bible says about this agape love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. That means I could speak in every language that is out there, but if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. It goes on to say, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith, can you imagine having the gift of prophecy, being able to speak for God, understanding all mysteries, having knowledge about everything and having all faith. It goes on to say, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. In the first verse, it tells us that we're just making noise. The second verse tells us that without love, no matter how much we know, that we really are nothing without love. That's how essential this agape love is. And then it says, and though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. No matter what sacrifice you make, love is the key ingredient that makes all of those sacrifices worth it. And if you don't have love, the Bible simply says it doesn't profit you anything. And then we get a definition of love. It says, love suffers long. You, your version might say is patient. Love suffers long and is kind. Some people are willing to be patient, but they lose kindness somewhere along the way. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And then it says this, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things that love never fails. Recently, I was talking to my wife about that definition of love, and she said, it sounds like the opposite of love is selfishness. And I think that you could make that point from what's here, that when you are selfish, when you are self-seeking, when you are not putting others first, when you're not loving God and loving others, then you're all about yourself, and we end up failing 
Because the list here of what can happen when we walk in love is that it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things, and love never fails. If we want success in our lives, if we want success in our Christian walk with God, if we want success in our relationships with one another, then we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves.